Hello, and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week, we're looking at engineering and technology apprenticeships, and in particular, a new report published on the 16th of October, following an inquiry led by Lord Knight and Lord Willits. With me to discuss that report is Beatrice Barlian from Engineering UK. Beatrice Barlian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So before diving into the report itself, why did Engineering UK decide to launch an inquiry in the first place on engineering apprenticeships? So for that, I think it is really important to, first of all, understand what Engineering UK is all about um, and what our vision and our mission is. So Engineering UK's vision uh, is that we have the diverse workforce needed for engineering and technology to thrive and to drive economic prosperity and achieve net zero. And our mission in that is to enable more young people from all backgrounds to be informed, inspired and progress into engineering and technology. So as an organization, we therefore look at educational pathways into engineering technology and how they work. Um, and we look at school age development mainly, but lately we've been particularly focusing on the sort of post 16 skills agenda. And there are a number of reasons for this. Um, really, um, for this focus on the skills agenda. One is that there's been uh, a focus on this area by government, um, and when something is being discussed at government level, it's important to be part of that conversation because that's when there are opportunities for change. But in the case of apprenticeships, this was like, you know, it was similar for us, like, um, but there were also some things that we observed and it started worrying us, um, which was the decline in apprenticeship starts since 2016 and 17, and which was also the case for engineering and technology. And um, when we started to look at this a little bit deeper, um, we were particularly concerned by the fact that the biggest decline was amongst the 16 to 18 year olds and how this may be linked to sort of decline of lower level apprenticeship starts. And this, and then we sort of like, this is sort of the overall picture. And then we also looked at engineering related specific apprenticeship starts. And they have actually declined for that age group by 22% since 2016, 17, compared to 6% by anybody older than that. So there's a decline, but then there is also the decline against the rise in demand for engineering jobs. So engineering makes up 19% uh, of the job market, but accounts for 25% of all job postings. So there is an increase in demand that we know about. And we also know that in uh, sort of area, like in some of the kind of uh, work around, like for example, the decarbonization of industrial clusters, so the net zero like direction, um, we need, need uh, many more engineers really to do the work around that. And actually, we need engineers at the technician level, not necessarily university graduates. So we need people like in construction and welding. Um, I hear so much about welding. So all of that really lies behind this inquiry. And what we wanted to understand is like, you know, what can be done about this decline and contribute to that discussion um, from a really engineering specific focus. And we also went into this really wanting to think about solutions and how we can make a change going forward. So that is the, the reason for the inquiry. So I just wanted to clarify, you, you had a, a, a statement there about the percentage of jobs that were engineering. Did I hear that correctly? What was that, that percentage again? It's 19%, not 19. 19. So I did want to ask you, and this comes out a little bit um, as to what we actually mean by an apprenticeship, because there are 
different types for different age groups. So can you just talk us through this so we don't get confused? Absolutely. And I think it's really important when you talk about this to, um, um, you know, explain this. Like, so I'll give a definition because I think like I, I looked up a definition. I think it's a really good thing to first of all put out there. So an apprenticeship is overall a paid job where the employee learns and gains valuable experiences. And so alongside on the job training, apprentices spend at least 20% of their working hours completing classroom based learning with a college, a university or a training book provider, which leads to a nationally recognized qualification. And I think the latter bit is actually really important because it means that the individual can take their qualification into any relevant job. And it means that the employer knows that this person has a certain understanding, knowledge and skills that they can trust. And when you look at apprenticeships, like, I mean, there are different levels of apprenticeships from a level two, which is a kind of entry role to a level seven, uh, which is equivalent to a master's degree. And you can either come into a certain level directly in an apprenticeship, or you can move up the ladder. There's so there are ways of working yourself up the ladder, so to say. And each of the levels of apprenticeships will have a different minimum educational requirement, depending on the level. For example, a level three apprenticeship will require you to have passed GCSE level math and English at the point you finish the apprenticeship. So it's an exit requirement, whereas a level six apprenticeship will require you to also have an A-levels or an equivalent to actually access it. So it's like an entry requirement. So they're different they're different rules around the different apprenticeships, but I hope that sort of provides an overview about them. Yeah, that's really helpful. So it's not just one thing, it's a whole range of things targeted yeah. at people at slightly different levels and positions. So I've got that in my mind now. We understand the background to the inquiry. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about the process. What did the inquiry do? How did it operate? Yes. Yeah, so. As I uh, mentioned earlier, we identified like last year the issue um, around this declining numbers and it concerned us, particularly, as I said, in the light of the skills shortages in the sector and the growing demand, but also really in the uh, context of the government's drive towards a system of A-levels, T-levels and apprenticeships, so, three, so a three-route system ultimately. And for us, we realized that if you want that, you need all three areas to work really well, and there needs to be enough apprenticeships to go around. Um, and so this is when we started at the at end of last year to look at this uh, more and found out some of the things that I mentioned earlier already, the fall of apprenticeships number, the fall particularly amongst the youngest age group, the continued lack of diversity in apprenticeship numbers in engineering. Um, so only 14.2% of engineering related apprenticeship starts are by women, which is very concerning. And also that fewer SMEs are engaging um, with apprenticeships. And it was at that point really um, that we realized that we needed to pay some more attention to this and uh, that we as Engineering UK and with our mission and our vision really have a duty to look at this in more detail and propose some solutions going forward. So we went into this uh, really focusing on how we can really achieve change and what do we need to do for any recommendations we may want to put forward to be taken seriously. Uh, and this is when we started talking to Lord Willits and Lord Knight, so two former really highly regarded ministers. And as it turned out, when we were having these conversations, they were also concerned about this and wanted to explore it further. And so having them on board, without a doubt, has given this uh, a lot more weight, uh, which we're really glad to see and it really deserves. 
Um, it's been really great working with them on this. So in terms of the process, then from that initial thinking point, like really, we put out a call for evidence in early January. We went out really far and wide. Like we really, we wanted to take a very holistic view of this. So we invited professional engineering institutions, local authorities, employers, small and large think tanks, youth organizations, basically a lot of people to contribute. And we, as I said, we wanted to get this holistic picture because we felt that our mission sits across young people and industry. So both are important to understand in order to resolve this issue. And we needed to also we really understood that we needed to take into account the wider context really around the funding environment and so on as well. So our call for evidence received around 90 responses um, and we held two oral evidence sessions. We had focus groups with young people and we also really extensively spoke with um, organizations across the education and engineering sector to work through the findings like that we received and like through the written evidence, but and to discuss, you know, the um, and develop some recommendations. And that's it. Like we from there, we wrote the report um, and we launched it in mid-October, as you mentioned. Um, but I really want to say that the real work really has begun now um, because we're really keen to see some change and for this report not to sit just on the shelf. Well, let's uh, let's explore actually what's in the report. Uh, now we understand the process and what apprentices are. Um, so what are your key findings then? So as you can imagine, when we received 90 responses, there is obviously a range of issues were raised. Um, but what became clear quite quickly was um, that there were issues that needed to be addressed on the training provider side of things. Um, there were issues to be addressed on the employer side of things, particularly small to medium sized businesses. And there were issues standing in way, a way of wider range of young people accessing engineering, manufacturing and technology apprenticeships. And actually, yeah, probably apprenticeships more generally. And I won't be able to obviously talk through all of the findings here because you can imagine that a report that like 60 pages long, it would take me all day. Um, but I think if I give you sort of three areas um, that we like we sort of uh, identified, um, because I think they will give uh, your listeners a flavor of the report and the findings, but also will explain why two of the five areas of the five point action plan that comes out of this report has the word refocusing and rebalancing uh, in the title. So the first issue um, I would like to highlight is the issue of funding, the apprenticeship budget, and the way apprenticeships are funded via the levy, and why that needs to be addressed uh, if we want more young people coming into the sector via the apprenticeship route. So the apprenticeship levy is um, basically employers with a payroll, uh, annual payroll of over three million pounds, pay something called the apprenticeship levy, which is a 0.5% um, of that three million towards something called the apprenticeship budget. And they the, they can spend that money or they, they, that money is allocated ultimately for them to spend on apprenticeships in their company predominantly, but also some of the money will go into the wider apprenticeship budget and then uh, is there for uh, small to medium enterprises uh, uh, to be used. So that's kind of probably the best way to explain it. So with regards to the funding, like uh, the, one of the things we learned in this project is the apprenticeship budget, which is made up of the contributions from levy paying employers, um, is unlike it was the case a few years ago, um, now pretty much spent. 
And that what that means is there isn't really much room to grow the apprenticeship numbers as uh, there's, you know, there's no more funding or training. So there's no money really. Um, so we need to get money into the system and in a way that supports more young people accessing apprenticeships. At least that's the perspective from which we came at this. What we also learned is that the way the apprenticeship budget is being spent on the levy is something that may need to change a little. We heard concerns being raised and that the levy is often being used to offer higher level degree apprenticeships rather than training younger people with no experience. And that obviously caught our attention as the focus of the inquiry was on younger people. The, the problem with the focus on degree level apprenticeships is, although we really welcome them, um, I mean, young people welcome them and businesses have welcomed them, is that higher level apprenticeships are more expensive to administer and deliver. And the, that results in fewer apprenticeships being available overall because fewer apprenticeships will take more money out of the system. So when we learned that 56% of apprentices were employed by the employer prior to their start of degree apprenticeship, and they're being used to upskill existing staff rather than creating new opportunities, it raised obviously a few questions. So we needed to think about how we can get more funding into the system and how we can make sure that the funding creates more opportunities for younger people to move into the sector. So that is kind of the first sort of finding that I, I think is worth mentioning because it uh, refers to one of the areas of action points um, later on in the report. The second finding that is worth probably delving a little bit deeper into is why young people and their awareness and knowledge of apprenticeships and their awareness of perceptions of engineering, as well as their work readiness, uh, all of these things are in some ways related. So insights gathered through the inquiry, as well as through research that we've undertaken at Engineering UK over the years, highlight that vocational routes such as apprenticeships are not as well known and understood by young people and their parents as academic routes are. And this is a long-standing issue. It's not really a new thing. And there was also a consensus amongst uh, you know, the respondents that more needs to be done to raise the profile of engineering in schools and the, the, you know, in the pathways into that. We also heard from employers that um, young people are applying to apprenticeships without having gained enough practical experience and social skills at schools, and that the lack of importance given to subjects such as design and technology in the curriculum would that would provide young people with the opportunity to learn more of those practical skills, as well as expose them to the engineering thinking, like um, as we describe it, is not really happening. And it, again, it felt to us that these insights about work readiness, practical skills and an understanding of engineering and vocational routes into engineering is something that we needed to address in the inquiry. So the last area I think uh, that I wanted to touch on, like the third area, is the uh, apprenticeship standards and in particular what we've heard about the impact, uh, the impact the introduction has had on smaller businesses in the engineering and technology sector and probably other sectors too. In a nutshell, an apprenticeship standard is essentially the job role that the apprentice will be training for. And the apprenticeship standards were introduced in 2017 and they replaced apprenticeship frameworks. And by 2020, all new apprenticeship starts were based on standards and they're developed in collaboration with businesses. But there are some issues around that. And that's kind of, I think, what we're coming to. So if I go into what we find, found, our call for evidence highlighted that apprenticeship standards are seen by some at least as a barrier to companies and providers offering apprenticeships. 
um, and that they changed from frameworks, which was the previous kind of arrangement, to standard-based apprenticeships has been difficult for some companies. Um, and particularly, it seems, for SMEs. Um, so 27% of SMEs across all sectors are reported to have said that the um, reforms have negatively impacted them. And they highlighted to us, like sort of in the engineering specific context, that the apprenticeship standards are not broad enough to allow them to tailor apprenticeships to their business needs. And they're too specific and sometimes too big business focused. Um, and that means that a sector where we have lots of SMEs in the engineering sector, um, it's clearly like, you know, that that is problematic. So because if they can't deliver apprenticeships, then we or like offer apprenticeships, then we have a problem. So that's kind of the three areas I wanted to highlight. And just to say that, like, I, I hope that gives sort of an overview, like of the, the flavors, like of the topics that came out of the inquiry and why the, the, the five action points that we like have like as a result of that, uh, you know, the findings are around rebalancing, um, rebalancing education, supporting young people, refocusing funding, enabling business and employers taking actions. And like underneath those action points, I mean, they're very broad and there's, there's a number of quite detailed recommendations. And um, I, you know, I won't be able to go into them in detail here, but I, I would actually really urge everybody to have a look. And um, I don't know whether your listeners, uh, you know, will hopefully work in that area, see whether there's something they can take forward in those recommendations. Um, well, I certainly hope so. We'll have to see. Now, it's quite interesting. You were talking at the beginning how you'd involved two members of the House of Lords. Uh, and as it happens, and I'm sure this is not a coincidence, is one each from the Conservative Party and the Labour Party. And I know that there's a sort of a desire to make this a cross-party consensus, not a party political uh, interest. And of course, you know, I observe that the current parliament yeah. will come to an end at some stage and who knows what's going to happen after that. Um, so it, how do you think this has landed with policymakers? Are you seeing a consensus amongst uh, different people? What, what are people saying about the report, I guess? So, for, so far, like we've had really positive responses across the board. And I think one of the um, really useful things that's happened is that there is there's certainly consensus emerging across the sort of the engineering science and the technology sector and there's like and um uh, the the wider and i would say also the education sector in many ways around what needs to happen around apprenticeships in terms of the the you know the different parties um we are working with them at the moment to to ensure this kind of you know report and the recommendations in it land well they are there to be discussed they're there to be developed further and we certainly know that like Lord Willits and Lord Knight are um, very much involved in, in trying to, uh, uh, you know, push some of the recommendations in their parties forward. So um, it is it is a big report. It is like lots of kind of different things, um, but we really hope that there over time as the consensus is happening on the education, you know, on the sector side, hopefully the consensus will also be, you know, coming amongst the different parties. And when you say a consensus on the sector side, you've kind of got two, two at least two communities here. One are the employers and one are trainers, you know, so further yeah. in higher education. Is everyone on the same page or are people seeing this from a slightly different perspective? Um, I, 
Well, so that's, I think that's a very good question of whether everybody's on the same side. I think there's a lot of areas that people absolutely agree on. So, you know, one of the areas also in the report is around the, the teacher shortages and the impact on quality. It's something that sits across employers and um, training providers. There's also potentially a, like a solution that they can work on together, you know, which is we, we have suggested something in the report. There are definitely some recommendations that some might not agree with, like, you know, it's policy is always an area for discussion, like so uh, without a doubt, but there are hopefully enough enough agreement across you know like the like or we, we we're like um we definitely observe an enough agreement across like the, the the majority of the recommendations to say that like there is something in it for everyone well we're coming towards the end of our time but i wanted to ask you one more question which is really what does success look like i mean if these recommendations or some version of them after discussion are implemented what will be different in five years time in 10 years time so I think if government businesses and others act on these recommendations, and I, I put all of these because businesses and like there are, like, you know, there's something for, for a range of actors in here. I think that we have a very good chance that we have more young people taken up apprenticeships in engineering, manufacturing and technology as a result of more apprenticeship opportunities being offered and that young people and their families uh, will be more aware of the value and of apprenticeships and particularly apprenticeships in the engineering sector. If the recommendations are taken forward in five, 10 years times, we hope, hopefully have better quality teaching and a, a more symbiotic relationship between businesses and uh, training providers, um, because I think that is a really core element to this. And, um, and I really would think that we will have young people and smaller businesses who feel better supported in taking up apprenticeships and offering them. So for me, this is what real success would look like, but it will, you know, it will require action. So from our end, it's like we better all get working like uh, in order to make this a reality. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, if we all work hard, we'll have to see how all of this turns out in the next few years. That is all we have time for. Uh, but Beatrice Barley, and thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Beatrice Barlian from Engineering UK. We've been discussing the report Fit for the Future, which is available on the Engineering UK website. This podcast is one of a range of podcasts we're recording in November to coincide with National Engineering Day on the 1st of November, and more details about that can be found on the website of the Royal Academy of Engineering. We're also recording this podcast during Tomorrow Engineers Week, and details of that can be found at tomorrowengineers.org.uk. Meanwhile, on the website of the Foundation for Science and Technology, which is www.foundation.org.uk, you can find information about all the Foundation's events, our journals, and all previous editions of this podcast. Until the next time, goodbye.